This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about recalculating and refining your message. And we're joined by Karen Jacobson. Hey, Karen, welcome to the show. Uh, g'day. <laughs> so, Karen, what are your two tips for speakers when it comes to recalculating and refining their message? The very sexy tips. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> number one is getting quiet. And number two is to look at what you love doing most, what you are called to do and on the planet here for. And these are my two tips for refining your message. All right. Well, we're going to go deep into those two tips. But for those of you who don't know Karen Jacobson, you heard her start off by saying good day. She's actually joining us from Airlie Beach, Australia where she now lives. When I originally met her, she was living in New York. She has moved back during the pandemic down under. And you won't believe this about her, but she actually tells you what to do every single day because her voice is in most of the GPS and smartphones out there. So if you're choosing the Australian female voice for your directions, She's telling you where to go. And I will actually tell you that's what I've chosen because she and I are friends and I'm constantly being told, turn right, turn left. It's like having a second wife. And I'm like, shut up, Karen. And I had a friend in the car and I'm like, yes, Karen, I know I'm supposed to turn right. And the friend goes, oh, that's so cute. You've named the voice Karen. And my friend didn't believe me when I said, no, that's actually the voice of my friend, Karen. But what I think is one of the most cool things about her, besides the fact that she's a singer, a songwriter, a successful speaker, but she also was once a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle. Karen, how did the clue come up? What was what was that about? Who knows? I mean, just one day there it was and people were posting it online. I mean, pretty darn exciting. Oh, that's right. I, I remember the clue. Uh, in Australia, her name is Karen. <laughs> There you go. Anyway, yeah, that that was that was fun. People told me I'd made it when I became a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle. But as we both know, that's not really what making it is about. (laughs) No. And I I, but I will say I don't know that anyone else listening has ever had themselves as uh, a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle. So I want to get into this whole idea of recalculating and refining your message. But first, because you are the sort of that original voice of GPS and the voice has then been added to all the smartphones and everything else. How did that come about? How did you become the voice of, of GPS and then the Australian voice for my iPhone's directions? Well, originally I'm from Australia and I, my dream was always to move to New York City, which I did. And soon after arriving there, a client was looking for a native Australian female voiceover artist living in the northeast of the United States. It was an audition out of the blue. I went to the audition. I got the job and I ended up recording for 50 hours to create a voice system based on on my speaking voice and I could and do speak for 45 minutes just about that. So in fact, when I first met you, your keynote was called recalculating because back when the GPS first came out, that was the constant thing. If you took a wrong turn, your voice would say recalculating, recalculating. So that's kind of how you got into the speaking world, right? It is. I made that connection between directions in the car and directions in life and business. And then I created a five-step process for the five directions for recalculating for organizations to navigate change powerfully. That's awesome. So today we're going to talk about how you can do this and refine your message as a speaker. So let's jump into question number one. And that was, you said you want to get quiet with yourself. What, what, What do you mean by that? 
again, I can talk on and on about that. So we start out in life and we we decide to study something or not and we're working and then we're like, oh, I'm going to be a speaker and then we, oh my gosh, what my, what's my topic going to be? And then we start to develop a topic and people say, hey, I really want you to speak about this and before we know it, we've got a lot of options. And in the past two years, I really stopped and got quiet. I stopped Actually, I stopped the action. We all had the action stopped for us. And <laughs> that's right. If you if you if you were speaking in front of live audiences, your actions were stopped. Yeah, they they were all stopped. But it, this actually was a touch before 2020 that I stopped the action, and I realized that I I was having some success, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be, and it wasn't what I knew was possible for me. And so I did stop the action, and I started to just get very quiet. And what I mean by that is I went and did a meditation course and I'd already been meditating daily and we've all read how healthy meditation is. And I don't know about you, but I thought I was doing it wrong uh, because when I meditated, I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, Come to find out if you're meditating and you have a lot of thoughts, you're doing it right. And in fact, you cannot do meditation wrong. But whether anyone listening here wants to call it meditation or quiet time or reflection or mindfulness, whatever they want to call it. This is my number one tip for refining the message because it is in that space of taking quiet time, and I mean every single day without fail, not missing a day, the opportunity to really hear yourself think or your true self think, uh, it's just, it's inevitable. Tom, it's inevitable. And it sometimes some things come up that aren't that pleasant, but you want to get very clear on your absolute message that is, you know, the one for you, then this is my truly my number one tip. And the so many of the other outcomes of doing that are incredibly beneficial for business making money and for quality of life. So there's a lot of talk about meditation, about mindfulness, you know, about quiet time. But for some people, you know, in the speaking business, we're always on the go. You're running here. You got to catch a plane. You got to do this. You got dinner with the client. Then you've got to, you know, you're writing your new book. You're doing all these things. When do you recommend people take that time to be quiet? Because you said every day, my first thought was this was like take a weekend retreat and be quiet. Oh no. You're saying no. go go every day. How much time should people realistically be taking in order to be able to hear those messages that come from within? Well, this is the tricky part because when I first knew I wanted to start to meditate and this was in 2011, I had people around me who were serious meditators who were like, if you don't meditate for 30 minutes first thing in the morning without as soon as you wake up then there's no point. And that took me out of the game. And at the time I had a toddler and I mean, my husband was away working. There was just no way. Yeah. You don't get to meditate with a toddler very well. Well, you don't until you figure out, okay, well, how can I make this work? And so when he was sleeping, I would set a timer for 15 minutes and I would meditate. So the how long has varied for me. Um, but I want I want to say that as little as two minutes a day can actually make a difference, hmm. as little as two minutes. And if you can't find two minutes in your day, there is something wrong, even if it is the last two minutes before you turn out the light at night. Then I went through this 
period, you know, I haven't missed a day since July 7th of 2011 when I started to meditate. And it's not only the daily benefit, it is the cumulative benefit that you will get. Um, then several years ago, I went and did the Transcendental Meditation course. And that Transcendental Meditation course was a revelation for me because it took me from 15 minutes a day to 20 minutes twice a day, at which point I was like, oh, how, how does anybody have time for that? But I have done that without missing a day for the last three years, amped everything up. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the results that have been happening in my life and in my business are as a result of that. So when was the question, which I'm now going to answer, I find that very first thing in the morning does work really well. But even if you're starting with two minutes, do that first thing in the morning and then you get to feel really good about yourself because you've done it. But I've meditated in the back of Ubers, on the subway in New York, on the aeroplane, you know, if I've got a 6 a.m. flight, I meditate when I get on the aeroplane, not at home before I go. But generally, the time is there and it's a question of priorities and being able to really connect the benefits that you are experiencing in your life, your quality of life and in your business life back to the meditation is very um, motivating. So, Karen, I meditate also, and I've been doing it for about three years, and there are times it's been helpful. There have been times where it's been hard. There have been times where I've gone through like a really hard time, and it hasn't seemed to be helpful, although I pretty much think it probably is. However, starting was really hard. Right. And I will tell you that for me, I started by on my own and I was not having I wasn't feeling good about it like you said I assumed I was doing it wrong right and as it turns out you're not doing it wrong your mind never turns off however I ended up using an app I used an app called Headspace for the first about year and a half I used that and I, you could set the timer and do it for five I tried to shoot for 20 minutes every day however I got to the point where the app was no longer serving me and now I do it without the app how do you recommend for people to do this is an app worthwhile is it not what's what's your thought well, if an app is the bridge to being able to meditate without any audio, then it serves a great purpose. But what I do recommend is cold turkey silence <laughs> and the big part being setting the timer. So sitting up somewhere where you aren't going to be disturbed, setting a timer, truly two minutes you can go longer than two minutes, but if you make the, it's the promise you make to yourself also where there's massive benefit and in building the relationship with yourself is that I'm going to do it for at least two minutes a day. And some days you may do 10 or 20. I think at least 15 is really a good idea, but I would say the individual knows, you know, you, you start to feel the benefits and then you go, oh, I think I, will, I think I will do this for more than two minutes. All right. So some people are listening to this thinking we're getting a little woo woo. Come on, Tom. Let's let's get back to the, 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 the meat of this. So what are some of the things and how do you know that you're finding that that clarity to help you refine your message? How, how do you know when you're meditating that you're having success? Huh. Well, uh, certainly how you feel is one of the ways you know and just being able to generally feel better in the high pressure situations i find my focus on stage has shifted dramatically now i've always been a 
a pretty highly high functioning person when it comes to performing. I've been performing since I was five years old as a performer, you know, piano player, singer, songwriter, uh, all of those years on stage. But it's pretty incredible from ongoing meditation to then be in a conversation with somebody and find my focus is and my listening is at a much higher level and being on stage and being able to, you know, there are always things that happen when we are on stage (laughs) that have the potential of taking us out, you know, and not having those things take me out in quite the same way. And these are pretty exciting skills to be able to elevate through something as simple and core skills for the professional speaker in high pressure situations every other day to be able to uh, elevate. So your second tip was then look at what is your core? What are you called to do? So what does that mean in refining your message? Why why are we looking to that core? I think why we're looking to that core is it's, you know, and I'm, I have been speaking for quite a number of years now. So not only do I want to deliver tools for people to navigate change powerfully. I want to help shift at a really deep level. And I think that's the same for a lot of speakers. We want to to know that, yeah, yeah, we want to, we want to go and do the engagement and we want to be remunerated adequately for that, nicely for that. But we like to think that we're actually making an impact. And it took me a very long time to understand that the game wasn't fame or attention or money. The game is actually impact. And that may not be the same for others, but for me, I got really clear. The game is impact. And if your game is impact, chances are that by taking a really close look at exactly what the message is you want to leave people with, like super refined that's the place to put some attention, not only to put some attention, but to really focus on and let fall away other aspects of what you're delivering that are not aligned with that. Did I answer your question? Because I got really lost in my own answer there. No, well, well you did, but I, wa- I want to go deeper because, I mean, this whole idea of what we're talking about is how can the speaker actually tweak, to use, you know, a, a term <laughs> to, for recalculating, how can they tweak their message. And so, you know, we're getting clear in the mind and now we're getting clear on what our core message is about and how we're there to impact. How can they then put that into action to actually move their business forward? I think one of the challenges is that it can change and we can think our message is one thing and we can be out there delivering that. And then by doing a process or taking on a process like this, where we're really going deeper, as you said, and discovering I mean, it may may not be good news. It may be like a total recalculation. It might be a whole brand refresh. But I suppose I want to say that having the courage to do that is probably going to be reflected in the courage of people who are then going to come and be in your audiences and hear what you have to say because that kind of courage is really contagious in a good way. It's really attractive and it's really magnetic. So... In a practical sense, when you start to get clear about the refinement of that message and what you want to deliver, what what you really are here on the planet in this lifetime for, I mean, again, a little woo-woo, but truly that's who we are as speakers. We're here 
to serve our clients and our customers. We're here to deliver something that shifts and has a massive impact. And so that, I think, more of us than not, that is what we're really up to. All right. So you've done this with your own career. I know that you sort of pivoted your your speaking career and you sort of pivoted your life. You moved your family back to Australia and uh, you've put more singing in and and more of your performing into your your keynote. So let's talk about the, the nuts and bolts of what you've done over the last three or four years. Well, in the last three or four years, well, first of all, there was no work for, for most people. But even during those periods, I was fortunate to have some very nice virtual events. I mean, I'm so thankful for because it, that was the quietest of all quiet years. But even virtually, I found it was possible to weave music into my performances, into my my uh, speaking engagements. and. You know, and then I was at a bit of a, well, a let's make a deal stage of things, which I'm pretty sure I wasn't alone at, uh, where, where I started to do interestingly more MC work than I'd ever done. And that opened up this doorway to being somebody who MC'd and then also performed music. And this is, these are two of my core skills that hadn't, being partnered in that way, certainly not frequently, which was pretty exciting. And I just found that even though there was a lot of lockdown in a lot of the world, we were very fortunate in Queensland because things were open, there were live events happening, and that's where that kind of opened up the opportunity for those new style of events for me. So do you think for speakers, finding some of their passion, other parts of their life besides what they do on stage and bringing them together can really open them up and and help them redefine what they're doing as a speaker? So at Influence this last year, Joe Mall talked about the fact that he had a theater, musical theater background, but he had never sung on stage. He, he teaches people how to be a better manager, didn't think there was a place for that, and he had been challenged to do it and had never done it. So he did it for the first time at Influence, and now he's going to take it back and and do some of that. I have another speaker friend, uh, Shelly, who is a great artist and she's a speaker. And I asked her, do you ever use your art in your keynotes? And she was like, oh no, because I talk about this, etc." And now her PowerPoints are all art that she has designed. And that's what, uh, you know, so pulling together whatever your passion, wherever your, your outlet of art is, and putting it into the keynoting and, and the speaking that you do, how do you think that helps redefine that message and push you forward? How's that been for you? I think that what you're pointing to is exactly the point of this whole conversation. Because the more you, you are willing to share with your audience, the more them, they're willing to open up and share with others. That is my experience of being a person on a stage. So when I say refine your message or take a look at what you're really good at or what you love doing the most, you know, maybe if you're a quilter, maybe it's not necessarily quilting while you're on stage. And then maybe it is. I mean, truly, we are in a time where things are being so uh, redefined that truly people are looking for something real. They're looking for something real. And It is taking the time to acknowledge, as you said, what you're good at, what you're creative at, what brings you the most fun and joy in your life, and does that fit? Can it fit? 
So I love the idea if you're a quilter, because really, as speakers, what are we doing but building a tapestry and a quilt with different things? Oh, so there probably there is go. a way for somebody to pull that into their speech if that's what they do. Well, interactively, can you imagine the whole audience? They're each doing their square. I mean, come on. This is a this is a million dollar speaker idea right here. And there you go. Somebody somebody act on that and let let Karen and I know that you did it. So they will. So, Karen, as we wrap up this interview, let's go back to your early days as a speaker and how you took what you learned from being the GP at the voice of GPS and helping people recalculate in business. Let's look at the speaking business and we can go off topic a little bit, but if somebody is in the business and they're at a place where they really feel they need to recalculate, maybe their business got hit really hard during the, the pandemic and they haven't been able to get their business back up to the right level. So it's like they took a wrong turn down a wrong, dark alley and someone should be in the background saying recalculating recalculating. Yeah. What advice do you have for that speaker? It's a tough space to be in. And the first advice I have is be really kind to yourself. And I mean, it's wonderful to see online the people who are out and about and doing all the great, great jobs and, and events, but things have changed. Things have changed remarkably and to certainly not beat yourself up (laughs) because it's a new world out there. And I think some of the tips we've shared today, Tom, (laughs) are a really good starting point. And that, you know, I do like to say that it is never too late to recalculate. (laughs) Really, it is never too late. So even though other people seem like they're out there kicking all these goals and you may not feel like you are, that's okay. Take a look at the places you've had, the best bookings, the kind of work you really want to be doing. And also to, to not do that, solo and silently in a suffering kind of way. I really think to reach out to your speaker community, find a coach, all of the basics we know about uh, that may not seem like they apply if we're at a higher level, uh, they still apply. Nice. Well, any final words for the National Speakers Association community and beyond, because we have a lot of listeners who aren't members of NSA who listen to Speakernomics. Any last little tidbits or thoughts for the speaker world? Well, a a direction things have taken for me that I did not see coming but feel actually interestingly quite well-equipped for is that I have recently set a very famous speech in Australia called the misogyny speech by a former Australian prime minister to music Hmm. word for word. And as we all might appreciate, speeches aren't necessarily written as lyrics to go with music. So this came from a, a, as a bolt from the blue and is a project I've been working on for over a year. And it is a pop orchestral work and it's almost 55 minutes of music setting a speech to music. So uh, this absolutely has come as a result of, of stopping the action for myself and taking a look at what I'm really here for and being able to deliver that speech through music with uh, the message of equality is uh, it's a pretty exciting uh, project. That sounds like an awesome project and I'm sure it's going to be amazing. But additionally, I'm sure what you just said inspired somebody listening because it just sort of inspired me saying, what could you do that is just different? Taking a famous speech and setting it to 55 minutes of music is probably not something everybody woke up this morning uh, when they listened to Speakernomics and thought they'd hear about. And while maybe they can't do that, they could do something else that is equally esoteric that is coming from somewhere and uh, being able to have a project that would excite them. So I love that last little piece of advice. Yeah, well, it, it's come out of 
totally out of nowhere for me and led to, you know, I just released the music video of a section of it and I invited 70 equality advocates, including quite a few NSA members, to be in that music video and the response has been incredible and it's the most people I've worked with on a project before. Again, I'm just following what is feeling right. But, yeah, really interesting to explore aspects of my skill base and my message in ways that I certainly didn't expect. Awesome. Well, it's been great to reconnect with you and to have you here on Speakernomics. Thanks for joining us, Karen. You have reached your destination. Oh, that's so awesome. And and I'll stop yelling at you in the car, I promise. I'm ready for the apologies, Tom. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry that I'm constantly going, I know I'm turning right, Karen. But but I will say, of all of my friends who aren't professional speakers, I am the only one who actually is personal friends with the voice of the person giving them directions in their smartphone. So uh, I bring that up a lot because it's just a, a random thing. So thank you for being here. Thanks for being my friend. I hope our paths cross again. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened to Speakernomics. You know what? I want you to come back every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and have a better business as a professional speaker. And always, I mean always, remember the motto of this podcast, and that is speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.